So welcome back to Zombie Squad Cast. And this episode, I have Gavin Peretti. I got the last name right, Peretti? Correct. That's awesome, it. awesome. I'm a genius for names, I guess. So Gavin Peretti and myself, we, we worked on a number of, uh, a number of independent films, uh, indie pilots, uh, you know, independent productions throughout the DMV, uh, especially Baltimore and uh, even, even uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, our, last, our last production was a, a, a feature film. And we spent about maybe two, two and a half weeks on that in Gettysburg. And so that was a that was a hell of a production. And uh, Gavin, Gavin and I, we go back maybe ten years. But you know, uh, a pro a project here and there. You know, we're always bouncing around from from different things. But yeah, Gavin's an actor and producer. So, Gavin, without further ado, I'll let you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what what you do and what's been going on. Yeah, yeah. So my name's Gavin Peretti, um, and I am a, a producer, first assistant director, and actor. Those are kind of my three things that I do in the industry uh, and they kind of work together well um, you know obviously producing if there's if you there's a role in there that that works perfect you know I kind of jump in a lot of times when I'm assistant directing uh, if an actor doesn't show up or is not working out or something they're just like Gavin you're in <laughs> you know so right. so it kind of works out you know because acting it's it's very tough to make a living uh, just in acting right. um, you know, there, you never know, there's a lot of projects going on at a time, or if you're not right for something, and it's not because you're a bad actor, it's just because you might not fit the role, you know, 90% mm -hmm. of, of acting is your look, you know, so you're almost cast when you get in the room or not, you know, um, yeah. it's just kind of the way it is. So when, when you're producing, it gives you the opportunity to come, come in on the other side of it. And um, it also helps when you're on set to know what to do and what not to do um, because you're on that other side of it and you can see the whole production and, and how uh, the actor fits into the production. You know, a lot of people that are just actors, they don't really understand that the production is not all about them. Right. Uh, the scheduling is a big factor. Um, what you, how you act on the day, you know, when, when to be quiet, when to speak up. And, and that kind of stuff, where to stand, even like knowing like where the light hits your face. Um, you know, you might have to just, you know, you can feel it, but if you can see it from the other side, then you can, um, you know, be aware of everything. Sure. So uh, yeah, Glenn and I, I think we first met, I heard of you when I was working on a movie called Heaven Burns with uh, Justin Beckenheimer and mm -hmm. um, uh, Charlie Anderson. And, um, they had worked with you, I think, on another project, and I, I got hired. I don't, you know, I don't, you might not have been available for that one or, or something. And um, and then when the movie came up called Feet of Destiny, which was a um, a soccer film, we shot a little piece of back in. Um, they had some funding issues back in 2010, I think. 2010, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. 2010. I, I was uh, supposed to be the assistant director, and then. Um, you know, for scheduling conflicts, I wasn't able to do it. And, and since I heard people talking about Glenn, you know, I contacted Glenn and we, you know, that's where we met. And then um, Glenn was my second assistant director on uh, Josh Taylor's prom date, which we shot uh, the summer of 2018. We shot um, half of it in Norway. We shot about three weeks in Norway and about two and a half weeks in Gettysburg. So mm -hmm. uh, Glenn was my second AD on the United States portion of that. So uh, yeah, so that, that was a fun shoot. A lot yeah. of stuff going on there. 
Um, yeah, that, that's probably one of the better shoots I've ever been on. And, you know, I know that I know the film is still going through some uh, post, you know, the, the post-production process and, and uh, the marketing process. But mm-hmm. that production to me was, you know, a way to see how people are f- pulling out hacks. I mean, what's interesting about it is uh, half the crew was Norwegian and the, the, the way that, you know, the script was just optioned and however it may be you guys decide let's shoot half of this in, in Norway because of um, some of the, some of the Norwegian crew had some personal issues. They had to take care of hands on yeah. back in our, Norway. Our, our director, actually um, our director's wife was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And um, when we actually uh, greenlit the project, it was like 10 months before we started shooting. Right. And uh, so we were set, we got our dates and we were actually going to shoot the whole thing in Los Angeles. That right. was actually the original idea. And Andy called me, Andy's the director. He called me about a month later and he said, well, I've got a little problem. My, my wife uh, is pregnant and she's due about three weeks before our scheduled start time. And, and right. this project had already had a false start before. And with your investors and stuff, you don't get two of those. So basically we were in a situation where we were not able to push back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the compromise that Andy made with his wife was, well, we're going to, you know, you have to film some of it here so that you're not away for a month and a half. Right. Um, and that's what we did. We shot all the interior um, parts of the movie in Norway, in a high school in Norway. Josh Taylor's promenade's a uh, high school comedy along the lines of American Pie. And it's, an Amer- up- and, it's, and it's set in America. It's, it's a U.S. America. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a United States story. So people are always confused when I tell them we shot it in mm-hmm. Norway. Um, but you know, the interior of the high schools, they look very similar. So that that wasn't really too, too big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, and a lot of it takes place in that school and we, and also the prom, we shot the prom there too, that was inside of a, like a ballroom. So that was able to be shot, um, in Norway. And then we came to the United States and that's where we filmed all the exteriors and all the house scenes and Mm -hmm. pretty much everything outside because, you know, you really notice the difference. The high schools are a lot smaller out there and also, uh, they're just, it's just a different style you you'd be able to tell immediately it wasn't the United States and also the trees and houses look different. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been to Sweden, my, my father and stepmother, they expatted and moved to Sweden, um, you know, indefinitely for the rest of their lives, post-retirement, all that. And I've been there and, you know, there's quite a bit you could get away with, Mm -hmm. but there is definitely like the design of my dad's house and his neighbor's houses. You could tell that, it, there is definitely a difference in the design and, and maybe the a-frame is like really stark sure. like they have like those really like tall like pointy yeah buildings and they're everywhere so like you know if you're outside and you're uh shooting you're looking around you're like what where are all these gingerbread houses right like, <laughs> like, may- it's like maybe old town pennsylvania maybe like way up north or you know bumfuck wisconsin or something maybe yeah. maybe some... we shot it in gettysburg and gettysburg is kind of a, you know a little bit bumfuck but not quite you know yeah. it's a, close to stuff uh, and we picked that because my um my production manager and uh, production designer for the u.s portion lived there we were going to shoot it in los angeles and we were finding that that trying to get a school in la especially right before school started was like you know they wanted six thousand dollars a day um plus mm-hmm. we had to pay for a site rep and we had to pay for a film la rep so you know you're looking at the cost seven thousand dollars a day um the reason i went to gettysburg first is because there's a big scene in a frat house and um 
And Ed, Ed Mantell, um, that, that, that's the production manager's name, he actually lived in what used to be a, a frat house for uh, Gettysburg College. He's like, well, I'm living here and the next door is empty. There's nobody there. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's interesting. So I, I came over to look at it and was like, that's nice. But it was only three days of shooting. So right. we were thinking about like, you know, that, that wouldn't be worth it for three days. So we went and to the school. And that's where and the AD, that's where the AD and the production, the producer gear start clicking. Like, okay, if exactly. I, it might only be three days here, but mm -hmm. generally the prices in LA versus uh, Gettysburg or right outside Gettysburg, PA, let's see so if we can easier. find some hacks at, at, mm -hmm. at, yeah, like you were saying, like maybe at the school that we shot at. I mean, pennies on the dollar compared mm -hmm. to the Los Angeles. I mean, maybe 5%, you know, uh, so, so that was a huge factor. Uh, and then also we couldn't, there was a drive-through scene. It's a kind of pivotal scene. Um, right. And uh, in Los Angeles, again, like the, the cheapest place I could find wanted about $5,000 for the day. Mm -hmm. And it was a place that was 300. <laughs> yeah. And we found it, it was kind of crazy how we found it. We were having a lunch meeting with our costume designer. And this is one place I didn't know where we were going to find. And we just went, we were like, where are we going to eat? In Waynesboro or um, Emmitsburg? We were like, ah, let's just go up to Waynesboro. It's closer. And we passed by this drive-thru mom and pop shop. And we were like, let's go there That's, and check it out. Yeah. And then we checked it out. And it was perfect. Yeah. It worked great. And, uh, and pennies on the dollar compared to Los Angeles. Um, you know, the travel was very expensive. You know, it was one of those things where we ate up so much money on flying people to Norway, flying people to Gettysburg and then flying people back to LA. So, you know, push comes to shove, it probably would have been cheaper if we did do the whole thing in LA, even though that would have been a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. um, but because of the circumstances, this is the way that worked out and it saved us some money too. Perfect. So, you know, in the long run, you maybe you spent more money on one thing, everything else just fell into place. It was just like domino effect, knocking out the whole production. Whereas you save money or you, or you save, or you think you're going to save time in LA, but then everything's clustered. And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, you got to redo a whole day. You didn't, you didn't, sure. you didn't make, you didn't make your day three days in a row. And that's going to push you back and push you back and push you back. And the, the expense of having a, a pickup day is, you know, huge, you know, $7,000 pickup day. You know, and that's just for the location, like, mm -hmm. not including everything else. Now yep. you do save money on like, we wouldn't have had to travel anybody actually. We wouldn't have to house anybody. You know, they were just been at home and then drove to set and went home. So, so you know, there's things like that. You know, I was fine with producing. This is kind of getting into what, what you were saying is you always want to be penny wise and not pound foolish. A lot of times you think you're saving money on the front end by, by nickeling and diming things, but you never do. You know, you're going to spend it anyway. And mm -hmm. it's going to be more of a pain if you don't plan for it up front. So, you know, I always tell people when somebody's trying to like nickel and dime something to like make it cheaper, I usually try to avoid it because it's, it's, it's going to always come back to bite you. Yeah, absolutely. There, uh, the, uh, one, one story, and I always use this story because it's very, it's, it's right on the, right on the head, right, hits the nail right on the head with this kind of issue is that, you know, I had a lot, I had this one live streaming gig and, uh, you know, roughly, let's say my day rate was 500. Well, I was telling the guy, I will do tech scouts or location scouts, whatever you want to call it, the night before. 
He goes, no, no, I'm a, he even admits, oh, I'm a, I'm a Scrooge with money. I'm not going to do that. Uh, and I'm too busy. I've been there before. I know that there's this, uh, you know, audio and video jack that you plug into, da, 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 da. I get there day up. There's no audio video jack. Mm-hmm. Had you had you paid me 200, 200 bucks extra for mm-hmm. the night before, I would have come up with a better plan to pull this off because there is no multi audio out. There is no house audio out. There is no house video out to live stream this. I would have bought, I would have brought, because I already have it in another kit, I would have brought two little adapters. That's all we would have needed. And you would not have lost a 50,000 a year client mm-hmm. had you spent $200. Yep. So, you know, it happens all the time. It exactly. The time. Exactly. And, and, and the so, thing is, I'm so huge on pre production. That's one of the things that, right. Uh, you know, as an assistant director, you're in pre production mm-hmm. also as a line producer. That's like, like your domain. And, and you have to kind of look at it like painting a house. You know, when you get there to shoot, you're, you're putting the paint on. But the thing is, you have to have sanded it. You have mm-hmm. to make sure it's all even. And you have to spackle the areas that are, that are, loose and, and and do that before you paint and um it's the same thing with movies if you don't know what you're walking into on the day there's so many i could tell you a hundred million things that could go wrong i mean like literally and, and if you're not there trying to and, and they will anyway even if you do this but at least if you can um minimize that situation it's a it's a lot better you know a tech scout is basically when you go essentially with all the the primary people all the department heads you go to each location that you're shooting and you figure out exactly where each scene is going to take place. You mm-hmm. look at all the issues that might be there. Is there power? Uh, is, do you need a generator? Is there like houses nearby where people might be mowing lawns? Are there sound issues? Is, are you in a flight plat path? Right. Um, you know, all those little things is the color of the room. Okay. You know, you know, you could have some, some problems where you know, the color palette's wrong or the, the, the house is painted pink, you know, and you have a right. character wearing a pink shirt that you've already shot somewhere else. We're wearing a pink shirt. She walks into that room. Oh, she's going to disappear. It's going to be a head floating. Little things like that. I mean, that's just one example of a million things that could, that could happen. And not to mention, you know, I produced a movie we shot on a boat. It's called Desperate Waters. And it's a thriller shot uh, 90% on the Pacific Ocean. And my goodness, when you're adding the ocean and Mother Nature into the mix, um, it just causes all kinds of new things. And you have to schedule appropriate, especially when you're at a location like that. Um, when you're making a budget for a movie, you always plan a 10% contingency uh, budget. And when I work with a lot of new time people, every single time they say, well, we don't, we're not going to do that. And I said, well, yes, you are. Yes, because, you um, are. And, and then a lot of times they ask me, well, where are we going to use it? You know, you get some people that are, you know, they come from a different business where they allocate each money. And I'm like, well, I could just tell them a bunch of stories of random things that happened. And they said, well, we're not going to, that's not going to happen. I'm like, well, something else will happen that that's completely new that I've never experienced, mm-hmm. you've never experienced, and it's going to happen possibly. You've yeah. got to have that in place. And I don't think I've ever, that's not true. It's happened one or two times where we didn't use it. But every other time you, you do use it and you build it in because you know it's going to happen. And I would say you do the same thing schedule-wise because you don't know what little things are going to happen that are going to make your schedule 
difficult to make your day. You have to be flexible, especially when you're working with a low budget. And that's, and that's a good idea. And, and I guess I didn't realize maybe I did do that, but I never actually specifically thought of it as a 10% contingency on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Ten, so if it's, so 10%, so if it's, if it's a 10 day shoot, add an extra day, maybe even two sure. as rain, as rain days, a 10%, 10%, uh, uh, 10% time contingency as well, as well as money. Yeah. Uh, Especially, you know, it depends on your circumstances too. If you're, if you know you're in a very, um, uh, like your location, let's say is in like a soundstage and that's where you are the whole time, you're probably not going to need it as much there. But if you're on location shooting, you know, and you have company moves and you have things like that, a car breaks down, like when we, the shoot I did in December, um, the truck broke down, like it just wouldn't start. And, and we had already started shooting and we were, and this is actually, I think it was our last day of shooting. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, second to last. But anyway, we were, um, the truck was parked because it was unloading gear right where we were going to be shooting. And then it was stuck. It was there and we couldn't move it. And, you know, AAA took like an hour. You know, that's just one circumstance. That wasn't a disaster. We were still able to get everything done. We had, we had a scene that we were going to shoot off site. So we just pivoted the schedule real quick to, um, go shoot that first while they're dealing with um with that situation so right um, i mean i'm sure you remember on 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 feet feet of destiny we scheduled all these exteriors for for april and i think you and i were both pleading with the producers and the director interiors first and exteriors toward the end of april it's going to fucking rain mm-hmm. and and i mean the guy was a little bit intractable about this i mean intractable you know, <laughs> That's the best best word. I mean, we were we were on and, the phone in a conference call, yeah, and he yeah. said, "I prayed to God, and he told me it will not rain." And it fucking and rained. Heard. I think every I think the whole like there's like 15 people on the call, and it was silent for like five seconds because we realized he was serious. And I was like, "Well, I believe in God too, and I know that God likes it to rain in God, April." <laughs> God, God has God has chosen April showers for May flowers, and He makes that happen. Exactly every fucking year i'm 40 years old and for the last 35 years of my life i remember april showers for may flowers it's yeah without a doubt and even and even with even with like you know you can be critical even in of, la even in la exactly even you can even be critical of, of of whether there's climate change or not or global warming or not rain might come earlier maybe at the end of march it's always going to be in april and it'll be less rain in May and more flowers in May. It's going. It's going to rain in April. But you know, there are things things like that when it's you're actually like picking that. your schedule to shoot. Like yeah. if you're shooting an outdoor movie, you might not want to do it in April. I mean, it's just like, right? You know, just pick a dry month or yeah. a dry place to shoot. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Because that was Baltimore in April. That's like, you're it's going to rain. Yeah. You know, uh, L.A. in April is this probably going to rain you have to put that in your schedule you know you have to have uh what we call a cover set now cover set now you're saying you wanted to shoot the exteriors first usually i don't do that actually uh, in that situation i would because it was so much exterior but in um in a general film i usually try to put the exteriors first as much as possible And, and the reason is if you have a another day or another scenes that, that are inside and you can, and you're able to pivot your schedule 
and that all depends on actor availability and stuff like that but usually i try to like find a simple day that's an interior day that i can plug in wherever i need to and that way if, it, if we know it's going to be pouring on friday let's say it's wednesday and we know okay it's pouring on friday let's do everything we can to um try to get that other scene on friday and then move that to another day and, right. and that's called, that's called a cover set right yeah absolutely um, absolutely um like and and to touch it back yeah touching the touching back on what you were saying earlier about you know you're an actor but you also are producing because you might not get a role but you've still got your opportunity to be on the set and <laughs> i kind of I kind of did the reverse where, you know, I went to school and got a bachelor's in, in production and later on chose to uh, take on acting roles because of, you know, my military experience, my experience with crew finally, you know, broke out of my shell way late, self-confidence and all that stuff to fill in the schedule to take on acting gigs as maybe mm -hmm. detective this, you know, sergeant that, officer this, you know, kind of stuck within that realm of, well, my acting school That's was... kind of funny. My, my acting is starting to get into detective and like almost like I think the last year of my acting roles, mm -hmm. about half of them have been have been detectives or cops of some sort or mm -hmm. dirty cops. I got a dirty cop. Um, but yeah, I started out as an actor. I, I was a child actor when I was about 10 is basically when I started and I, I got cast in, um, in a uh, touring production and uh you know i just got bit by the bug and mm -hmm. and then i did all the school plays and then you know community theater and some professional theater and i started jumping into film um you know just little things here and there in college and then my my uh, junior year of college i wrote a script um that i wanted to film and i was going to do it really cheap like i had a couple friends that had like a little like handy cam video camera and that's that's what i wanted to do but I gave it to my theater professor at college and, and he was like, well, you know, there's this guy that graduated like five years ago and he's, uh, you know, kind of working in the industry and, and, and he showed him the script and he wanted to film it, but for real. So we ended up putting like 2,500 in each and like for five grand, this is back in like 2004. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Showing my age card there. Oh, that's but, fine. Uh, that, that's around my age. That's around the time I was. <laughs> we're about the same. Just, I think get, just getting just getting out of college I was uh, and we ended up making like a really good film and like I was bit by the, bug, the film bug hard you know because mm -hmm. I was producing and acting um in like the whole process I, I like fell in love like immediately and um I won't say I gave up theater but I it theater became the back burner for me at that point sure. and also I started getting into production you know I was really interested in the process and um it's magic. Yeah, it, it is magic. And for some reason, I have a penchant for logistics. Like, I kind of fell into the AD position yep. quickly just because like, you either have that brain or you don't. It's not, it's not right. one of those things. There are things you learn, of course. But some people, if you're an AD, like well, me and Glenn both are ADs, like, we can meet, I can meet a person and be like, you cannot be an AD. You know, yeah. And it's just, you know, there's nothing against them. It's just like, that, that's just their they're not they don't think about all the like what are your resources how do we allocate them mm -hmm. how much time do we have how much time will it take this is what it is you know if you're the kind of person that shows up uh you know when you say 20 minutes you show up in 45 minutes not not an ad <laughs> yeah yeah and and admittedly you know i you know in college 
there was there was this uh, professor. His actually his name is Keith Strandberg. He wrote and produced King of the Kickboxers, No Retreat, No Surrender, One Two Three, American Shaolin. You know some of those really bad B martial arts movies. He gave, he got Van Damme his start in the in the first No Retreat, No Surrender. He's kind of that's known. funny. You know you know just that you mentioned that I worked on a movie in December called The Rideshare Killer, and our main uh, one, one of the main characters was Jean-Claude Van Damme's stunt double. Okay. For, for many years. I thought you were Jean-Claude Van Damme's stunt double. You look just like him. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we're <laughs> actually not that far. We're about the same size. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so he, you know, he did. The, uh, and the funny thing is I was his stunt doubles, stunt double for that movie. Strangely enough. You, you were Van Damme's stunt doubles, stunt double. Stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, you look like you look like you could be Van Damme's. You look like Van Damme's stunt double, so it works. <laughs> and like, uh, shoot, I I want to like talk about this, but I can't give away. It gives away too much about the sure. movie. Yeah. Uh, so the movie I worked on in December is called The Rideshare Killer, and it's a, and it's a um, uh, it's a movie about three uh, three ladies, young ladies that are start, uh, doing a startup company, uh, and it's kind of like an Uber startup company and mm-hmm. um and somebody has like some kind of vendetta against them and basically starts killing people in the ride shares so it's like a little bit of a horror thriller uh not about uber but you know about rideshare um and it's very timely right now and um uh, i don't know i think we did a good job we had eric roberts um uh, awesome. he was my he was my partner we were cops uh, i produced it and acted in it Awesome. Um, and so that was pretty fun. And we had um, Tuesday Night, who is the star of uh, Fri- of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four. She was our lead female. Um, okay. Yeah. Who else do we have in that? Uh, we have Victoria Demar. Um, she's an actress in a whole bunch of uh, of, of horror movies. Uh, Tuesday has been in a bunch of stuff. She's she's, she's a, great. The Victoria. You said Victoria. She's a scream queen. She's like known as like a yep. scream queen. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's one of the ladies. And then we had Croy Province, who is more of an up and comer. Um, she's a great actress. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're all not bad to look at either. So uh, yes. it's going to be a fun, fun movie. Um, there, it's a lot of twists and turns. It's, it's, it's going to be kind of marketed as horror. But I'll tell you, when you come into it, don't expect too much horror it's more is it's more of a murder mystery trying like to figure out suspense yeah, thriller murder the, mystery, yeah yeah it's like a giallo film from the 70s like the old italian like horror movies like mm-hmm. kind of the precursors to halloween yep. you know there is a killer that um that um you know you, you can't see you know so we always had to film it because because it's a murder mystery you know one of the main characters ends up being the killer that's that's how those movies go uh and i will give you this secret uh, even though my character is not the killer, you'd never suspect my character. I played the killer. I, I actually did all the scenes uh, where you don't see him. And that's because I was the producer. I was there all the time. So, uh-huh. um, and uh, size wise, it worked out and everything. So, so it's, uh, uh, it was pretty cool. It's a good awesome. experience. It was a lot of stunts, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, you know, what part of the reason it, we uh, didn't have so much money. We didn't have a lot of money for a lot of blood effects. So we made this the killer as a strangler. So that that's a cheap way to uh, not have lots of blood. Yeah. 
Awesome. Awesome. Hey, a quick side note, and I'll, I got to cut this part out. So usually I can go all day with just two, two uh, participants, but since you jumped on with your phone and your computer, I got to start over. Um, we just pick oh. up, we'll just pick up right back where we left off with a uh, right yeah, sure. killer, but let me just end this real quick and just jump right back into the same meeting. No worries. All right. So rideshare so i guess you spoiled uh rideshare killer i guess you spoiled it for us um no not really <laughs> okay all right yeah um yeah that's awesome so yeah um like i was saying earlier you know yeah, back to like that the director of that I actually met in los angeles uh on a movie called the pinch uh just he found me on craigslist he just put an ad out and i and i acted in and uh, assistant directed for him real cheap movie back in like 2015 or 16. Uh, and he's actually from uh, the area. He's from Annapolis, which is oh, okay. a total small world. You know, what's, what's, it, what's his name again? Uh, Ashley Scott Myers. Ashley Scott Myers. Guy named Ashley. People are always like, oh, what's, how's she doing? I'm Ash, like, yeah. Ashley Scott Myers. Well, no, I actually, I recognize the name, but I can't put a face to the name. But He's a writer. Okay. You actually, um, so you that's, actually got it. That's where he makes, makes his money writing mainly. You, you actually booked a gig off of IMDb? What's that? You actually booked a gig off of IMDb? So it was from Craigslist. Oh, Craigslist, Craigslist, yeah, okay. But then he hired me. He actually is the re he actually is the writer of Josh Taylor's prom date too. Actually. Right. Okay. Uh, so that's how the connection goes around. He actually found uh, Andy found me through Ashley, and uh, it's this is how it works. I should. I should know the author. I should know the writer of the fucking movie. I was the second AD on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never met him. You know? I never, I, I never, I never met him. Like I was like a last minute hire, I think. So yeah. And yeah. I jumped, yeah. And I jumped right and, in. And yeah. It's a Maryland connect another one, like uh, strangely enough. And I should, um, I should, I should freaking know him, but yeah, it's a small, it's, it's, it's a small world. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. You know, back to what you were saying about like logistics, having like a logistic mind. Uh, you know, and, and what I was saying about the, the, the filmmaker, Keith Strandberg, who did all those, you know, really low budget B martial arts movies with Van Damme and Billy Blanks, you know, he made Billy Blanks famous and uh, the Tybo guy was in American, Amer uh, King of the Kickboxers. And that was, and also we had that, we had Eric Roberts, best mm -hmm. of the best. Yep. Yep. And so, so Keith Strandberg really? taught, Keith Strandberg taught two classes at Towson. One screen, one was screenwriting like you know the screenwriting class and then the second was was producing for film producing for film screenwriting for film and i failed the screenwriting one i think i think he passed me with a d so i did i did i did pass but you know my work was shit and oh. i had a i had a lot to learn but but then i took producing with him and after that it, he was like this is where you this is where you've got it you might not you might not be able to really pull out all this, that, and the other thing in a script, but you know how to take a script and you know how to make it into a freaking movie. You know, exactly. You take it, you break it down into the points. Like that's the first thing you do. Like, yeah. like, um, like, like let's say I get hired, somebody has a script and well, I'm actually doing this right now for a, uh, a, a TV series pilot called uh, woven in time. Uh, something that we plan to shoot in the area around Gettysburg and uh, Frederick Awesome. Um, and basically what they'll do is they'll, they'll give me the script and I take each, each scene is numbered. So every time you cut to a different location, you number another scene. So what mm -hmm. I do is I create a strip for each scene 
And in the strip, it's like an Excel spreadsheet, except where we use a program called Movie Magic Scheduling. Mm -hmm. And I make a strip for each scene. And, and in that strip, I put all the elements. So mm -hmm. which actors are needed? What is the scene? Like, what are we doing? What is the location? Um, uh, what props do we need? What Prop special effects? Do vehicles. We need vehicles. You put, all, you put all this stuff in there. What do you need? You, so you, when you're reading the script, you're looking at it from that aspect. Mm -hmm. um, and then you do that for every single scene. And then after that, you take it and you mix and match it into a puzzle into one possible schedule. It's not going to be the schedule that you use. Mm -hmm. But you're, if you're using this to get funding, the person, the investor wants to see um, how are you going to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, because like, you're just looking at a script like that looks like too big. Like, what, what are we doing? But if you put it all into these strips, you can see how we're going to shoot it what order we could shoot it in and then afterwards like when you actually do start shooting it you have to mix it around because of location availability actor availability and any number of factors that go into that um, and then after that then you know how many days you're going to be shooting and how many actors are going to be needed each day how many crew members then you can make a budget so after that at that point then you go through all the different requirements for budget you can use movie magic scheduling um, you know, I just use an Excel um, spreadsheet that I have that has all the elements in there and I can put all the factors in. You know, if you're, if you're using SAG, there's all, you have to know all these little rules oh, yeah. that, that, that go in. So, so really you need to know the SAG rules. And that's a whole nother, whole nother, ball, whole nother ball talk, game. You might have to know. All, we could have a whole hour about that. Yeah. Or more. And, um, and, not, and not to just mention, you know, SAG rules, union rules, IATSE rules. Mm -hmm. uh dga whatever the case and then you might have uh shooting outside in delaware mm -hmm. there's a whole slew of different rules compared to maryland or dc mm -hmm. you know everybody knows yeah. that shooting in dc could be a complete and utter nightmare whereas you go to like some small town in delaware and they're like oh please come you, you know you visit the they mayor. want you to come they love it like right these small towns when you're going to film they're yep. excited like gettysburg they were excited yep a oh, movie a shooting here great that's awesome you go to los angeles and you do the same thing they're like god eh. damn it a movie shooting here fuck traffic's gonna be terrible and, and like right. then they just want dollar signs because it's the industry out there anybody that right. owns a restaurant or bar or any open space <laughs> mm -hmm. there's gonna be people asking them to film and it's yeah. gonna cost they gotta monetize it because everybody's asking yeah exactly so it's kind of that a factor you got to look into when you're deciding where you're going to shoot your movie too mm -hmm. because you do have in los angeles you know it's very easy in a way because all your people are there and they just go to work like a normal job and go home right you know uh if you're going to if you're traveling like let's say to a little town in delaware well you're where your actors coming from okay you got to fly them from la you have 20 actors let's say for example got to house them somewhere you got to feed them, you know, you're responsible for feeding them the whole time, not just for their meal that they get like at on set. Uh, you have to give them per diem so that they can live and survive. Actors usually don't have just extra money they can spend on, on right. food. You have to, you know, you have to take care of them. Uh, yeah. And some of them, and some, I can make fun of actors because I am one. Some actors are space cadets and you wonder how they live this long sometimes. Uh, as far as like being able to yeah. take care of themselves, I guess I could say the same thing because technically I am a professional actor as well. So yeah, I mean yeah. I've I've dealt with some space cadets and I've dealt with some, you know, really like got their shit together type actors that are like 
Um, and if you cannot yeah. be a space cadet, I mean, I know some people are, but, but if you can do everything in your power to try to minimize your space cadetedness, do it because <laughs> it does affect your casting. It does yeah. affect it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And also oh, well, how you act on set. If somebody comes in and they think it's all about them and their ego maniac, I'm not going to hire them again. I'm yeah. Sorry. It's not worth it. It's, it might affect, it might affect your next gig. Yeah, uh, it might affect the relationship with your casting director or your casting agent or, or your or your or your or your talent or your agency and your management. Uh, if I got two people yeah. and one person I know is a pain in the ass and he's a little bit better than another guy who is not a pain in the ass, I'm going with him. Sorry. The 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 less talented, more professional. Yep. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I've said it. I've said it a million times. Uh, yeah, these guys. Uh, I'd rather go with local guys that are half the price and love the work and are professional as fuck, as opposed to somebody and not to shit on LA or New York, but somebody from LA or New York with a, with a, with a way bigger ego than they have talent wanting more money. It's like, no. And it's not really about, I mean, it's about money too, of course, but because usually the money stuff is their agents, mm -hmm. but you know, it's the, the attitude on set. Yeah, I want somebody with a good attitude. Now, yeah, you do have to <clears throat> look at star power and stuff. But there are plenty of, of actors that think that they have star power. They don't, their name doesn't mean anything as far as and they don't. release. Right. Is your if your number if your IMDb number is not lower than five thousand, your name doesn't mean anything. No, no offense to you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, absolutely. Me, even like people you see commonly on in TV and stuff. The name doesn't mean anything for distribution. It's got to be, you know, or they've got to have a project that just came out, you know, something big. Um, I hate to shock everybody's ego, but sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know. I mean, I mean, uh, so like, I mean, clearly you, you, you said it. There's an app for that to figure out what someone's star power is now. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it changes. It's cha constantly changing. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. You, you also obviously want somebody that looked like oh they could have like some big hit coming up like there's an actress in desperate waters she was a tiny character but she's one of the main characters in birds of prey uh you know, so, like her, she had a real tiny character i don't even know if she has a line she might have two lines but you know the the uh our sales rep t asked us to put her name on the poster <laughs> oh we did but you know because <laughs> I don't know what that's going to do necessarily, but, uh, right. Yeah. But Matt, that was, that was a fun movie to shoot. And some, sometimes, sometimes it was awful. I mean, like just dealing with the waves and the, the, the ocean, Yeah, you know, unpredictable. Matthew Lawrence was great to work with. He was uh, one of our lead actors and uh, Sarah Scott, who, uh, uh, she played, well, Matthew Lawrence played, uh, was the kid in Mrs. Doubtfire and Joey Lawrence's brothers, one of the Lawrence brothers. And right, then, uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Sarah Scott was in the, um, Soaked in Bleach, who played Courtney Love in that uh, series about uh, Kurt Cobain. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was fun working with them. Uh, yeah, another Maryland Connection movie. So, so we were kind of talking about like what, how we've been impacted with this. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously everything is kind of shut down. Mm -hmm. um, I was having a really good year. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was looking like a great year, actually. Like mm -hmm. March, uh, I. I started a company with Ed Mantell actually right after Josh Taylor's prom date called Pickwick Entertainment. And we've been doing local commercials and we've been doing um, 
actually like uh, classes, like online classes, which is something that I'll talk about in a second, um, but, but also uh, some short films. And our March was the, one of the best month we had as a company. And our April, we already had planned. It was going to be double what March was. Yeah. So like literally we were doubling our revenue every month. And, you know, we got hit because April didn't happen. Our really good April was, was, was not. Um, yeah. So we kind of have to pivot our idea. Like l luckily I've got a lot of projects in post-production. And I think that's a good thing right now. Because right now all the studios are not filming. So yep. the content that was going to be filmed is not. So um, I think people are going to be looking for content now because there's mm -hmm. few months of content that didn't get made. Uh, I hope that that's an opportunity for some of these projects such as Rideshare Killer, Desperate Waters, Josh Taylor's Prom Date. And uh, I wanted to quick uh, also give a shout out to a movie called Being Dead that I worked on, also Maryland Connection. Um, the director's name is John Myers, not related to Ashley Myers. Uh, John's from Frederick, Maryland. And uh, we shot a movie called The Guide up in Maine back in 2012. That was my fir first movie I produced, first, first line producing credit that I got. Um, and, uh, you know, we it was about a hunter in Maine who loses his mind and he's taking these guys out on a, on a hunt. And then he starts like, uh, losing his mind and was trying to kill them. And so that's basically the story there. Uh, but there's a movie called Being Dead, which is based on a book called Being Dead, uh, written by Jim Crace. Uh, it's an English book that actually received a lot of great reviews and, and um, is very popular in England. And we filmed the, the movie version back in October of 18, October of 18. Yeah. Uh, and that stars Linus Roach, um, uh, Elizabeth Marvel and Catherine Herb. Catherine Herb is a law and order criminal intent and a stir of echoes. She was Kevin Bacon's wife in that. The wife, okay. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Marvel was in uh, Homeland. She was the president in Homeland for okay. a couple seasons. Uh, and she was also in uh, House of Cards. Okay, um, yep. And then uh, Linus Roach was um, in Vikings. He played uh, King Eckbert and the Vikings. And also he was, um, what other? He, oh, he was... Uh, Bruce Wayne's father in Batman Begins. He right. The guy okay. that's like, what happens when we fall down? So yeah. We get back up, that guy. Yeah. Uh, um, they, they were excellent to work with. They're, they're, that was a really good movie. And, I, and the story is really good. And it's just beautiful. And that's maybe of everything the one I'm most excited about as far as um, just like what we created, you know, that I feel like it's a, like a work of art instead of just like making a movie. I mean, Josh Taylor's Promise is great. You wouldn't call it a work of art, but you know, it's just a funny movie. Uh, I would. One, I would. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it is. It is, but it's <laughs> it, just a different. To each his own, different, right? Different thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so so be on the lookout for that one. But but all these movies are completed or almost completed. You know, Josh Taylor is still in post, but the other three are basically completed yeah and we're just they're just looking for a home and that's something that i can work on while we're in this state of affairs also i wanted to touch back on when i was talking about the classes i was working on a um some uh, a a series of classes for for an online law uh school i was already working on that i think now that this has happened that's there's going to be a lot of need for this kind of educational content mm -hmm. and uh 
it's something I've been researching and studying on my own. Pickwick is going to be working on a series of uh, videos on the presidents. I'm a huge historical fan. And if you know Ed Mantell, he is uh, without a doubt, yeah, the mm -hmm. historical guy. I mean, as mm -hmm. far as like props and uh, wardrobe, and Jody Nolan, who's a wardrobe person, uh, she's got any kind for historical films that you need. Um, she, but, she, buys, but wanna... she, 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 buys, she buys old trailers just to store her stuff. Mm -hmm. yep. Maybe, maybe. I, I think I'm exaggerating, but she has just she, like... She has most of the old stuff from um, Catherine Coombs. I you know, some of you yeah. probably remember her. She passed away in 2011. Yeah. But she, she was the historical movie queen for, for mm -hmm. a while. She, you know, she had any time we needed costuming for any historical movie, like when Lincoln came through or when, yeah. you know, uh, John Adams, or, you know... Uh, with, with gods and generals mm -hmm. like you know all those movies you know that was yeah you know, Ed and catherine were huge Cath in, in yeah catherine was the one i remember catherine and ed were on feet and yeah catherine was the one if not ed and i guess yeah jody jody pretty much took over kind of like uh stepped into catherine's shoes the best she could and mm -hmm. she's killing it she's killing it herself yeah yeah and actually the uh the company is called kc costumes uh, awesome. in, in, in the memory of Catherine Coombs. Yeah. So I think that's cool. It's a little shout out to Jody too. Yeah, Why not? Uh, but yeah, absolutely. so what we're doing is we're making, you know, a little series of, of videos, kind of Simon Whistler style, uh, direct the camera, address things. And then it's just going to be, you know, we'll put up, there'll probably be me talking to the camera about, uh, and I'm going to go through each president. We're going to try to get all 45 in and, uh, you know, I think history is important right now too, just because of the politics that are going on. I think, mm -hmm. I Absolutely. think, uh, I think the politics might end up affecting us more than the virus, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, yeah. because when when a disaster happens, the sides that are on either side start jockeying for position. How can they get their thing in? You know, how can we use this to our advantage? Yeah, and yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying anything pro or con to either side because they both do it. Uh, but it's just, but there's the, there's this extra, there's this extra intensity. There's this extra concern right now because not only are we quarantined, but we have a fucking election coming up. Yeah, I mean, it's, God. So, so, you know, the shit is double hitting the fan. I, the shit was hitting the fan anyway. Yeah, it was. And now, it like, was. Now, some, now somebody done got diarrhea on the fan. Yep. Uh, you know, yep. that's poisonous, poisonous diarrhea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so, you know, I'm not going to get into politics on there. You know, mm -hmm. I've got opinions, but I'm not going to, you know, that's not what this is about right here. No. Uh, and also my opinions are not alike to anyone's really. You're, you're more than, I, you're, I, I am not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. You're more than welcome. Uh, you're more than welcome to put them out there if you want. Now <laughs> me, me being in my, me and my being, me being in my current situation being technically in the service in the national guard what i do is i'll play devil's advocate but you know you, you by all means i mean i, I play I, devil's advocate all day in yeah. fact when when i'm looking at a political position what i tend to do is i watch both if i if i really want to look at it i watch both newses i watch you know because basically right now we've got two narratives going on and they're going like separate yeah. directions i know and, and and when i look at that and i look how adamant people are to each side I'm like, the thing is, both of them are bullshit is what the real truth is. As both far, of them are wrong. As far as the media spin, yeah, absolutely. Right. The, I mean, the media basically... spins it into an, a crazy position. So what I do is I watch both sides. I try to read as much as I can about it, come up with my own 
uh, decision based yeah. on, um, I do know a lot about history. I'm, I'm extremely well read on history mm -hmm. and, uh, and because I keep an independent perspective, I think my perspective kind of gets is unique on that because I don't, I don't, I don't let my emotion get involved in like, I hate Trump or I hate, you know, Pelosi or whatever, you know, I try not to let that affect my decision because I personally, I think people can't see where, where, where Trump is correct because they hate him so much. Agreed. And that's not to say I agree with him either. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is like, but I, people, but I agree with you. Actually, people can't have a, um, it's either all or nothing. Yeah. And they also can't, they can't agree with him ever because if they do, then, you know, Oh, oh you're a Trump God. supporter. Yeah. So, so the thing is you got to look at each, each little instance and see what's happening. You can't, mm -hmm. you can't let that define you because then you're letting it define you even more. And you could be putting, I respect a lot of what the Democrats want to do as far as like the climate change and, and wanting like Medicare for all and wanting that kind of stuff. But what you have to make sure is what you're doing, you want to achieve a result, mm -hmm. but is what you're doing going to that result? Like that result is great, but you've got to make sure you're doing the right things to get there because sometimes I think what you're going to do there is not going to achieve the result you want. In fact, right may achieve much worse result than what's happening because yeah I, because a lot of people are stuck in this all or nothing one mm -hmm. side one side only all or nothing for that one side and it's and that it, is created by both sides that's the, that's the created thing. by both sides Absolutely. you can't see a third side because it doesn't because you have to be all or nothing that right. is ridiculous if you yeah. think about it actually is like what really should happen that is absurd yeah yeah uh-huh and you know it, it it just gets tricky and 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 of course like especially right now i mean I, I remember when when george w got in and saying that you voted for him or you sided with him even then was stigmatizing and and a uh -huh. bit and could be a bit poisonous to your identity but now if you were to say that you agree with Trump on one thing, then that is like, that's going to end your career. That's going to completely right. end your career, completely end anything that you have going on. Now, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to admit that this, uh, the 2016 election, I voted independent because- I, I, did, I did too. I voted for, uh, I voted for um, Gary Johnson, but it was but okay. not really because I believed in Gary Johnson. It's because mm -hmm. I wanted the third choice. Yeah. So I voted for a I, new I, choice. I just had, yeah, well, I voted for Jill Stein only because. I could have voted for her. I mean, it I, didn't matter. That was just. It didn't matter. Exactly. It just mattered. I didn't vote for the two, the, the, and, the, the, and the two say, top oh, tiers. Yeah. threw away your vote or that was a vote for Trump. And that is absurd. No, no I it's voted. Not. I, no, I voted for Jill. Yeah. I, I, I want, I voted for a third party because did. right now it was, it was just that we had those two sides crazy. I wanted, I voted for just knew even though i knew that wasn't going to win i of course i knew that right. but i wanted the my vote to be like another notch on the like how about we get another opinion a, a third opinion on this right uh, well, when, when they when they show 40 million for this side and, and and 35 million for this side but then they show 20 votes for jill and 35 votes for gary that still says something mm -hmm, exactly. it doesn't it doesn't say much but it's there saying, is, it's saying, it doesn't it's say saying much. something different it's saying something different <laughs> 
it also yeah. not very not very not very loudly not very loudly but there is proof there that it was said also in california right. like uh like you know it my vote i'm not gonna say my vote didn't matter but in california voting like hillary clinton was going to win that state anyway right. like no matter what my vote was you know the the numbers were so drastically different that it wasn't throwing my vote away it was uh it wasn't right. i just wanted my notch in there for somebody else um couldn't agree with you more but yeah so so i'm just looking at you know various different ways of uh continuing my business you know in this crisis um and i think you know doing the you know, I can, I can YouTube that I can monetize YouTube. Uh, there's ways of doing that. Mm -hmm. I've got a buddy in LA. That's all he does. He's got a nice house with, with a kid in, in, um, studio city or North Hollywood, North Hollywood. And, uh, you know, that's what he does. He makes little stupid videos and tries to get pick the one that's going to get a million hits. And he never knows which one it is. He just films random dumb stuff. Yeah. And like a couple of his things got that um, like a million hits. And, you know, you make enough money. That's, you know, that's, there's money in that. If you can figure out what's viral or you can get a series going, that's what I want to do with this. Something that somebody will watch the first one and then want to watch all of them. Right. And, you know, you, you, you hit the nail, uh, you hit another nail right on the head. And I've had a number of battles, a number of healthy disagreements with a number of colleagues who think it's all about strategy. It's all about like watching the trends and trying to beat the trends. And, for me, first off, first and foremost, do what you want to do. You're clearly, you're a big history buff. You're a big history. Maybe you could categorize yourself as a historian because you've done a number of stuff as, uh, you know. I was going to show you my books that I'm reading. Uh, these are my two of them. I've got, a uh, this is a book called the fourth president on, uh, James Madison. And I've got, uh, James Monroe, his, biography and i've got one on george washington but i'm just reading a bunch of stuff uh james madison is my is my hero he, he's the writer of the constitution actually one of them he, you know we call him the father of the constitution he didn't write all of it but he uh had a huge input in it and also he along with alexander hamilton wrote the federalist papers which was there to convince um convince everybody that the constitution was the way to go he also did write the bill of rights the first 10 amendments he, he did write those um so you know i think that's something that we could use right now like right. looking at people throw around the constitution all the time in their arguments but did you ever read it you know you ever know right. why it was made and yeah. what the decision why those decisions were made the way they were you know why was the electoral college included you know, there's reason for it. It's not just like some random thing that people are like, what the hell is that? Get rid of it. Maybe we should get rid of it. I don't know. But the thing is, look into it. Don't like just say that because right. you want your party to win because that's going to mm -hmm. bite you in the ass because one, one day it's going to go the up, the shoe's going to be on the other foot. And then you've already done screwed it up. Yeah. You know, yeah. these decisions that we make, they're not like little things to be taken lightly. You have like, especially constitutional decisions you have to see every reason why it happened and then go from there. Of course. Um, I mean, hi hi obviously history is very, very important um, to, to know. It's important to know what you're talking about. And a lot of people, you know, going back to just people are stuck on this one side and they won't budge on one tiny little topic. When that topic, when that agenda is it's so important to know the history behind why doing this 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 is important maybe someone's other agendas are just so 
screwed up, but this one thing, there might be some accuracy in this other thing. Based and you always on, have to look at where are people trying to use something yeah. to a nefarious advantage. Yeah. That has to be looked into when your people are like making new laws, mm -hmm. especially in a time like this, like right now is the time you've got to watch for shady shit from either side, both sides. A bunch you of know, new laws. Who, who is somebody, who's trying to use this to, to further their political agenda when that's maybe not what's the best interest of the country, even though they might uh, dress up that shit to look real nice. You know, right. where a lot of people are like, yeah, let's get it. And especially people that are like, I hate Trump, let's get it. Because it's not anti-Trump, but what is that really? And I'm not saying I like Trump. Actually, I'm not a, I'm not a Trump supporter. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm espousing mainly that because I'm devil's advocating right now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, don't get me started on the other side either. I mean, the president, I think, is somebody that's supposed to, that their main job, their main job, and even Trump said it in a press conference. My, he's like, my job is a cheerleader. I'm the cheerleader for the country. The president has to inspire confidence in people and be that voice that soothes people when they hear and donald trump is not that well uh, on another point about what the president is and and nowadays and for the and, and nowadays but even for the longest maybe and correct me if i'm wrong you might know a little bit more um you know more history behind it but from what i've seen in the last three different presidents four different presidents the presidents don't really have that much power it's more of a face. It's more of a representative. It's more. It's also of, the representative of the times as sure, well. Sure, but the president can try to put a bunch of stuff into power. He's going to get shot down by House or Congress or Senate or whoever. If if it's illegal, it's going to get shot down. If it's if it's immoral, it's going to get shot down. So there's, you know, you take a look at the last three presidents. They've only. Uh, um, Clinton, George W. and Obama, each of them only, each of them had eight years, only really accomplished one or two things per eight years. And presidents usually, I find, end up accomplishing exactly the opposite thing what they stood for. Almost always. It's so strange in and history. It happened. And that's, and that's George W. Bush. George W. Bush for small government republican what happened during his administration the patriot act huge government 9-11 all the restrictions that came along with that pretty much the opposite of what he would have espoused when he was coming into office and 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 again you know like back, back that then, goes all the way that goes all the way back to number one right you no know, you know what i mean i could i could tell you a story right. about it and that's part of what i want to do with this series is to talk about like uh how these things happen, the decisions, the, the, the way people were talking during the times of other people to realize that we're not that unique right now, the situation we're going, I mean, yes, uh, this is unique as far as COVID, um, but the, the political divide is not as unique as people would probably like to think it is or, right. or say that it is when they're talking about it. Well, you've right, yeah, and, and, you, and you made a great point is that most presidents accomplish the the opposite of what they may have attended uh, intended like i'll go back to yeah. chester a arthur somebody who the hell is that right mm -hmm. he's the 21st president um you know he 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 was uh i don't know if you know what the spoil system is it was something in new york where basically it was a shady thing where uh boss tweed and the and the 
Customs House of New York would basically, they were in charge of jobs. I mean, that, you know, they gave out so many jobs. But anyway, they were, they were so powerful. And uh, Chester A. Arthur was actually like the second in charge of that. Um, and um, to, to Roscoe Conkling, I was trying to remember his name. Roscoe Conkling was in charge of, of, of it. And, um, and basically, like, he was second in command, but he became vice president. And everybody was like, oh, man, this guy, because James Garfield got killed, 20th president was shot. And then Arthur was president. And everybody's like, oh, no, the, you know, the spoil system is going to go out of control. Like, Conkling and him were best friends. What ended up happening is the opposite. Arthur ended up destroying the spoil system and, and ruining the power of Conkling and his cronies and um, of his friend, basically. Uh, hmm. so you know he did the opposite of what would have been expected that's just one example you could go through so many more but well that's what your show's about so no that spoilers right that's what your show's yeah, yeah. about so exactly exactly we need to jump example. we need to watch your show to, to get more of that stuff so exactly. no spoilers no spoilers so uh yeah man we uh a, a lot we went over a lot we went over well i'm glad you're staying productive and 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 like i've said a number of times on the show before is that we're finding hacks uh, before I was fi before, even before COVID, I was finding hacks on like how to produce this and how to produce that, and you know make some sort of entertaining, interesting content. And now, now with this, we're required, we're required to now we're not only not only required to, but but to touch upon what you're saying, I'm pretty much in post production uh, phase with uh, three three things that I have left. I just finished one thing, and there's three more. So there was a total of four that I had on my plate. I knocked out one. I'm about to finish the second thing, and then and and that, those are two series, and then a short film and a feature doc, uh, kind of like a sit down interview style. And I already shot, you know, the main subject, and it's all about just probably you know buying or downloading all the you know cutaway stock footage, uh, uh, all the stuff that he's scanned and stuff like that. So, yeah, exactly. That's the stuff I'm going to have to do too, you know. But obviously, like I was going to be in production with that, but now you know. Now it's just going to be Ken I'm going to have to wait a little bit. You know, I could sit here with my phone and do it, but mm -hmm. I, that's, I don't really want to do that. I'd rather have like still nicely produced with a, oh, yeah. you know, sound guy. But I can do, I can do it with four or five people. Yeah. Yeah. I you mean, know, there's I mean, a way to do it. I have a green screen right behind this, this set. I have a green screen and that's how I was able to produce a couple of things and, you know, just test, test, test. And then I just pulled the well, trigger and let's it, talk. Maybe, we'll, maybe, maybe we should do something. Yeah. Uh, See, this is how it works. If you're, if you're looking at, if you're looking trying to get into the industry, like, uh, let me just I'll end with some like advice. It really is you get jobs from other jobs almost mm -hmm. always mm -hmm. um, from people I know from another job because if you're going through a bunch of resumes, you're trying to hire a crew, and you see somebody you know and like working with, or somebody like that resume looks good, but I don't know them. Who you think is going to get the job? Right. So the more you get to know people, and the more that you're uh, just a stand-up person and, and you know because there's a lot of shady people in this industry and uh i mean i know you know it we've run into them we've talked about some projects where they're they are but you know i'm not gonna go into specifics about that but sure. you know what i mean like uh oh yeah happens all the time and there's people that you don't want to work with and those right. people are done so don't be the shitbird and then you know, basically is that is the, that's the main advice and show up on time show up on time don't be the shipbird you know a lot and, of and work hard a lot of uh, there's a lot of critics about today's technology now it's like uh i was just listening you know to some, some other people's you know content 
online, other podcasts and stuff. And it's like, you know, I can't get into a bar fight anymore now because that's going to end up being on a, on a, on YouTube. You know, if, you know, if my, my kid in 10 years, if he gets in a fight in school, that's going to end up on YouTube, him getting his ass kicked maybe, or him kicking or, or him fighting back, but it might get spinned. Uh, comedians can't, gets fun. Yeah. Comedians can't say shit anymore. Uh, but, but at the same time, it also is a tool because now it's like, you know, 10, 15 years ago when we were working on projects, how come I never knew about this scum dick of a director, scum dick of a producer, jerk off of an actor. And now, really? now there are means for that, for that information to get out there. Don't work with so-and-so, you yeah. know, be careful. Of work with so be careful of working with so-and-so be careful. Um, and like, uh, you don't want that attached to your name. You don't. There's no reason for it. I mean, just, you know, if you yeah. have a problem, but there's, there's also with, with the modern time, there's a lot of outlets to get over it. Right. You know, if any kind of issue you have, you know, addictions or you have, you know, mental issues, you know, anything like that. There's so many resources now, if you look for them. Uh, yeah, they might be too costly, and that's another thing you know talking about in politics, like how to make all this stuff act accessible to everybody. And I think the one thing that this virus will do is it will make uh, there will be some kind of healthcare revolution because of it. I'm sure. I mean, it's already happening. There's, right. Now there's plenty. There's plenty of ventilators. <laughs> yeah. Anything else happens in the future? Um, but you know, it's a it's a wake up call to everybody to see that something needs to be done. It's just figuring out how to do it the right way without making it worse. Absolutely. Or, ma or making another problem, you know, because mm -hmm. there's so many people right now that I, I know I have one casualty of COVID that I know of, and it's, he didn't have anything to do with the virus. He committed suicide. He was schizophrenic. And, um, you know, he was under control. He actually, for three years, he was pretty much in remission, but this, this thing, it just, you know, the uncertainty and then if you already have, you know, it's enough to make a sane person crazy, let alone, you know, if you already have an issue, you know, we don't want to help one problem and then end up creating a much worse problem. Right. I'm not you saying, know. I'm not saying that our actions so far have done that. I'm just saying that we need to continually look at what is the balance here. You know, what, I'm not, I'm not even giving an answer. I'm just saying we need to look into it and come to the consensus together. And instead of all this infighting between everybody, we need to find ways to, to come together and agree on some things. One thing that I'm interested in doing is, is a, a debate show as well, where two people with strong opinions on either side have a debate, except for they must research the other side and they must debate each other taking the opposite opinion of themselves without sarcasm. Right. That that's wow. Okay. So if you were Democrat and I was Republican, I have to, if you were Democrat and I was Republican, I have to debate you as a Democrat and you're going to come back at me as a Republican. Correct. Love that. Love that. Okay. Okay. That's yep. unique. That, that, that's, that's different. And that, that might, that might, and then the, key, the key is without sarcasm. Now, obviously, at the end of that, we'll give a chance for people to say what they really think, because maybe the 
but the thing is that's a way to get informed as well because people are not informed as part mm-hmm. like, i see random crap on facebook all the time with some people posting i'm like the hell are they talking about like it's like I, I, yeah it's i don't think like that's this. accurate yeah yeah and and both, even, both both sides both sides like very and, strong on both sides and and i'll i'll admit that there are quite a few things i'm not factually educated or factually familiar with but there are a lot of of those posts or news articles even even like big big news affiliate articles that as someone with just basic common sense i can look at and see i don't think that's accurate Mm -hmm. i think there's a common sense thing and And, and i fall into it too i mean i definitely have i mean um when this crisis started, I at first was pretty adamant, like against, like against, like taking strong, me- too strong measures. And I posted stuff, stuff, and I was, you know, ranting about it, like for, you know, a little bit. And and yeah. it's really because I was mad one day, <laughs> and 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 I posted something, but you know, it created a huge discussion board. And usually, I restrict politics from my Facebook page. Um, yeah. And then you know, as I re- went, I realized like how bad this was but then at the same time as this continues i'm like hmm, how bad was it though what i was that i what i said because we've got to find the balance you know obviously we can't keep the economy shut down forever it's, that's ludicrous yeah but we, we also have to be safe we also have to find a find a way to somehow get back to it's not going to be normalcy because it probably never will exactly but get back to uh, a cohesive you know, country where we can, we can continue progression and, and not have, and, and minimize the economic uh, collapse. You know, I don't Absolutely. want to call it a collapse, but it's definitely a, a foobar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, without a doubt, but you know, I, I I've said it a thousand times before I try to look at the bright side. I don't let, I don't let, a, you know, a, a cluttered desk, stand in my way i say you know here's an opportunity for me to clean it and if Uh i clean and if i clean this cluttered desk i might even find a better way to make this desk even more productive uh more uh, and you might find ten dollars somewhere too exactly like you know you had exactly and and i've used this story before and this is a real simple story uh national guard so we have one week in a one week one week in a month drill two week two week training in the summer so on the, originally on the schedule, it was a three-day drill, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so, uh, you know, a week before drill, they said, uh, we're, meeting, we're meeting at this one place for a PT test. Okay, so on Friday morning, I get there. There's nobody there. I start sending out texts. Where is everybody? I'm, I'm here for the PT test. Oh, shit, man. Uh, last week, the schedule was changed to just Saturday and Sunday. It's not, no, no more Friday. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So everyone's texting me a positive. I'm like, hey, it's all good, man. I got a day off. I'm gonna go yeah, home. Yeah. And, I'm gonna go home and sleep in, and and even better, there was no PT test, and I was a little concerned. You know, I'm I'm in pretty good shape. Well, even maybe not now because of this whole COVID with a baby and all I'm doing is drinking and editing. But then I was in pretty good shape. But always this is like, oh man, a PT test. I hope I can do better than last time. There was the bright side was, I got a whole day off. There was no PT test for that drill, and and then originally the drill was supposed to be out of town drill was just in dc so i'm, I'm not going to spend the whole weekend away from my wife i'm just 
coming home every night. You know, it's like look at the bright side, because uh-huh. people would be people would be pissed off. Man, what the hell? Why aren't you guys freaking texting me and keeping me up to date? I'm just like, oh, cool, man. I'm gonna go home and chill. I'm gonna go and sleep in. You know, and it's just look look at the bright side, because for me, yeah, you know, going touching back on you know, on, it, it's it's unfortunate that you know someone that took their own life, and I know someone uh-huh. that took I know someone that took their own life during this time. Uh, I worked with this person on a lot of AV gigs, uh, events, live events, live streaming, uh, concerts, you know, cause I do a lot of that too. And ever since the COVID we have, there is no gigs. And, uh, you know, uh, another buddy of mine said he got a text from him saying, you know, gigs, you know, I've never, I, I'm never happier than when I'm on a gig. And I'm, I'm stuck in my house and being stuck in my house. I'm stuck in my head. And, you know, he took his own life because of it. So as a permanent solution for a temporary problem, for a temporary problem. Yeah. And that's, and that, it's that, hard. If you're, that's if, you're the in biggest, a, if you're in a tunnel vision. And that is in, that is in big print. That is in big print in the military on uh, suicide prevention posters, permanent solution for a temporary problem. This is going to be two, two fucking months, three months, four months. What if it's Which a might've, fuck- I might do video. What if what if it's a, what what if what if the quarantine is a fucking year? So be it. It's You're a year. gonna but people get uh, a, people get a year in jail and they come out and they're fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, weaker people have done more. It's a temporary solu- It's a permanent solution for a temporary problem. Uh, but I mean, I'm a I'm in a lucky I'm I'm in a I'm in a, I'm in a perfect situation where I have, you know, a number of projects that are in post that are keeping me occupied. I got a kid, me and the wife are hands-on with our kid 24 seven. So this kid's gonna have a great upbringing because we read to him, we play with him. We're, we're doing steam, we're doing tummy time. Uh, we're sh- I'm showing him Batman the animated series at seven, seven weeks old, man. I'm getting this kid started early. Cause we have, because, but I mean, you know, I'm kind of in a lucky situation, but, but yeah, it's uh. I mean, I guess I'm in a situation too of being in post with a lot of things and mm-hmm. in pre-production. I mean, a lot of those shoots that I was going to be doing in April, some of them were probably permanently canceled because I was doing commercials. Mm-hmm. But some of them are still going to go. I know that they are. So one of them is actually a a suicide prevention kind of movie. It's a Fantastic. short film uh, about PTSD. Um, you know, about a guy coming back from from the war and uh, and dealing with PTSD. Yeah. So I think it's an, it's an important uh, subject. And, and during this time, like, you know, people are sheltered in and, you know, if you already have a mental illness where your brain is not processing or thinking about something right, this will like probably affect it negatively. But, you know, it's one of those things, try to keep a positive attitude. Laughing is the best medicine, like no joke. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I guess I'll, I guess I'll uh, move on to my next point, which is, is there a, you know, because you, you sound like you want to keep a positive, laughing, you know, happy, humorous uh, mindset. Is there a film uh, or a series that you're binge watching or a series of films or you obviously have your uh, your books, um, but mm-hmm. is there so you touched upon the, the those three books that you've been reading. But uh, mm-hmm. so uh, is there a film or a series that you've been binge watching? Well, I've been catching up on a lot of like the mo- movies that I've miss because a lot of times when i'm like when i'm really busy i like miss out on all the blockbusters that are yeah. out i don't get to go to the theaters or anything so oh, like yeah. i watched like birds of prey 1917 joker i've been catching up on that stuff 
And, um, you know, I've rewatched a little bit of Game of Thrones too, which I'm almost ashamed to admit that because <laughs> I spent a lot of time binge watching that already. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just like little things, I'm, I'm actually trying not to watch TV too much. Yeah. You know, I'm trying not to binge and just sit there and like spend all my days. Uh, I'm also watching a lot of documentaries that are along the lines of what I'm trying to do uh, yep. to get ideas and to Studying. see what to do yep. and what not to do. Uh, and, and also I'm being entertained by it at the same time. So it's like one yeah. of those things where my entertainment is also my work, which yeah, I love. I love the fact that that's, that is my job. You know, my job is like being on set. Whenever. Um, yeah, ab- absolutely. When, when I'm watching something, it, I am also kind of studying. Yeah, exactly. it is. It is kind of homework, but homework you that you love to do, really. So it also yeah. like when I'm on set, I don't feel like I'm working. You know, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. You don't work a day that. in your life. Absolutely. So, like, and it's hard to find that. I know everybody's not in that position, and uh, you know, I feel uh, blessed that I'm in that position. At least I'm not wealthy by any stretch of the means. Uh, not at all. You know, I struggle financially, but you know, it's. Uh, you know, luckily the government is doing some bailout stuff in my company. Like, you know, it looks like it's going to keep us afloat. Um, yeah. I will have, our website is not completed yet. That's another thing I'm working on is we're a very new company. So uh, www.pickwickentertainment.com will be up probably in a week or so. So be looking out for that. By the time this episode does come out. So yeah, link in the description below and, and Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I actually watched the gentleman by, uh, Guy Ritchie's latest one with Matthew McConaughey, Colin Farrell, oh, nice. uh, Hugh Grant. I mean, a shitload of people in this movie. It's dope, dope. Like Guy Ritchie's going back to like his snatch lock, stock and snatch type of flavor. You know, Sherlock Holmes was good. And, and, uh, you know, some of his other feats were pretty good, but yeah, the gentleman is definitely like, you know, some back to some of his like, you know, gutter of London type of nice. crime capers. So the gentleman is definitely worth a watch. And, and it's, and it's funny, like, my, like, like you were saying to my schedule of watching stuff versus, you know, editing stuff, because I, I try not to just sit there and binge watch on my own, but you know, during the day, if I've got the kid alone, I'm watching Legion on FX. I'm, I'm catching up with that. If I'm in the, but, but at night I might bring the kid down to the lounge while I'm editing and I'll watch movies while I'm feeding him. Or me and the wife are watching either Shit's Creek or Little Fires Everywhere, you know, on the streaming. And so I have like my specific schedule of doing it. If I'm forced to not edit, then I'm gonna right, be right. then I'm gonna be watching something for entertainment slash homework. But but I don't know. I do find I do find it's hard it's hard to focus. Yeah. For some reason during this time. Like you know, I'd like, I wish I was more uh, productive, but I, th- I just think like the atmosphere that's around the tight tension, like anything I have to sit down and like put all my attention on, like my mind tends to drift around a lot more than it usually does. Absolutely. And that's something I'm just something to notice. You know, I, I know that that's probably going to get better as we get more used to the new normal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just uh just is what it is it is what it is right now and 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 all we can do is just stay positive stay productive persevere and and you as a historian knows that this country if not the world if not planet earth definitely the u.s of a has always persevered 9-11 spanish flu 
the, Dep- the Great Depression, two world wars, Vietnam, Agent Orange. We, we, we always prefer, we always persevere as long as we don't forget who we are, what we stand for. Right. I mean, and that's, no matter what changes we make in politics, let's not forget that because that's, you know, we don't want to go down a, a road that, that we're, that is to, to losing ourselves. Yeah. And we're, we could be in danger of doing that. We're, we're in danger of doing that at all times and in all periods. And, you know, like it or not, the U.S. has usually had the right person at the right time at the helm. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say that 100%. But usually at the end of the day, it turned out that things worked out because of that. Um, I hope that's true now. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, that's the one thing about uh, – that's why history is so important. You have to see where you came from to see where you're going. Or so to decide. Or, 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 or to decide and evolve where you're going. But also just to see what that trajectory is. Like if you need to adjust it, yeah, or adjust it that way, yeah. Um, if, you look, if, you don't know, if, if you don't know where you came from, you're just at this point and you're just making a decision. You don't want to go here and just go like that and make a right turn most of the time. You know, you, you, you got to see yeah. what the, uh, the, the, the consequences of your actions and of your decisions are. So. Yeah. Absolutely. You, 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 pretty much, you pretty much told us already, but if you want to recap anyway, what would you say your next agenda is for, say, the next month or two? Your next agenda, goals, plans? I mean, you already, you already told us, you know, you got that, you got that his, history series. And if you recap, yeah, so, delve into so that's it more. Gonna be, so the history series, I, I haven't, like, you know, decided the name of it yet or anything like that, but that's going to be, like, you know, probably going to take a lot of my, my, my thought process. But at the same time is post-production. You know, I'm working on um, selling Desperate Waters right now, the Matthew Lawrence, Sarah Scott movie and uh, a Jeffrey Drews movie. Um, also, we're just getting our, our final delivery deliverables into them for um, uh, so that they can get it to distributors, our sales agent. Rideshare Killer is being edited as we speak. That's going to be a quick turnover movie. We, we shot that in December, but I know Ashley, Scott, Ashley Myers, we, we, uh, we go, we work quick. That one's going to turn over fast. Um, probably by the fall, they'll be ready for something. I don't, I don't, you know, we, we were planning on some festivals like fall festivals. I don't know what the future brings for that, you know, as far as film festivals, when, when that's coming back, either way, you know, that's a, that's probably one that'll get distribution some, some way how um pretty quickly and being dead we were supposed to have our la premiere on march 22nd Um, obviously that didn't happen uh we were premiering at the method fest Uh, it was going to be pretty exciting but they they say it's not canceled it's postponed but we'll find a way to get it out there somehow and then um obviously josh taylor's prom date i can link you guys to some sites of uh trailers um, for some of those, I think only Desperate Waters has a trailer we're allowed to show. I think Dead <laughs> has a trailer. I don't think I'm allowed to show that one yet. The distributor didn't want us to. Um, so I'll send you that and links to my website and maybe some clips. I have some ride share killer clips that I can show too. Links below in the in the description. And uh, Gavin, if you want, uh, you you already did the the whole links and the socials thing. So all his all of Gavin's socials, his company socials, links are in the description below. And my Gavin. social security number too. Yeah, that's it. my address. <laughs> Although if you steal my identity, you're going to end up owing a lot of money. 
So, hey, help, help him out. You can Why take don't you? it, man. You can take it. <laughs> take that debt. So, Gavin, if you want to close this out with one point, you know, I, I, and, and I kind of know where your head's at. I know. And then, but if you want to close this out with one point, one bit of advice for our viewers, what would that be? My, my one point is that this is, this is going to be over. It feels like this is like a momentous occasion, and it is. But it's going to change. The one thing that we always know is that something different is around the corner, whether it's good or bad or otherwise. And try to make lemonade out of the lemons. That, that There's stuff that's going on right now that seems really terrible. Yeah, obviously people dying, that's awful. People, you know, with depression and and their the economy going down but see see where we're going you know try to try to be on the winning side at the end you know and meaning see see what needs are needed and try to fill those needs be of service to people you know this this is a time where we should be calling people we haven't talked to in a long time absolutely you know just make that phone call you never know when that one phone call is going to save somebody's life or 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 change their attitude about something yeah. And also, this is your time to reconnect with people. And we have the technology nowadays for that. Yeah. To video, to video chat and to like Zoom happy hours. Zoom, I had, I had Zoom Easter and Zoom Passover. Uh, and the wife does Zoom happy hours all the time. So we have the technology to stay connected. Yeah. And just be of, be of service to somebody. Be of service. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a simple like idea but it was going to make you feel better in the end. You know, you're, you're trying to, you're, you're doing it for somebody else, but in the end you're going to feel better about yourself. Absolutely. Well, you heard it here. Uh, Gavin Freddy can't thank you enough for joining me. This was a blast of an episode. Uh, like I said, his links, his socials, uh, all of his handles in the description below. Uh, Gavin, I can't wait to work with you again on the next thing. However we make that happen, or if we just got to yes, hurry sir. up and wait. But um, <laughs> viewers out there, uh, we used to we're used to hurry up and wait. Oh, uh, of course, of course. Viewers out there, uh, subscribe, like, share, comment, thumbs up, uh, please. If not, thumbs down, I guess, and uh, ring that bell for notifications. And check us out next time.